0: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm excited because I think this is the first time not only that I'm doing a a podcast with a crispy microphone, but at the same time, this is a crossover between the Antihero Podcast and uh, Leading While Green with Pierre Quinn. So this is exciting for me. As you can see, I don't really do podcasts that much because my intro sucks, but Pierre, (laughs) i'm excited though man i don't care about no intro except for the intro for you just let me know how you feeling how you doing and um yeah what's going on with you
1: man i'm excited for this conversation i'm excited about the anti-hero podcast and the anti-hero journey and all the stuff that you're doing and just being able to collaborate i mean we worked together on projects for almost like 20 years so this is just kind of another step in that direction
0: yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so for those of you that don't know, uh, Pierre is—he uh, <clears throat> probably wouldn't agree with the term leadership guru. It's fine, but he is a leadership expert. Uh, he's still doing a doctorate. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, man. So, so he's—he's he's, uh hes en route to being um, a leadership uh, guru doctor.
1: So, uh, <laughs> we just you know we'll hold it off till we get the doctor so, <laughs> yeah yeah working on it.
0: hey listen listen so so this is this is cool because um I recently wrote a, wrote an article. Actually, let's give them some context. I was actually writing, in the process of writing an article, and I hit you up because why did I talk to you? I can't remember why. Oh, it was just a check-in, right?
1: Yeah, we were just checking in. You
0: called me, you, check, you were checking in, and I told you what I was writing about, and it was interesting because it was this idea of the, the difference between aspirations, goals, and then I said, you know what? I really want to talk about systems, systems as well. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, using uh, two examples, why your startup isn't going to start up or <laughs> and keep going, right? And then the other one was why the Miami Heat is most likely going to lose game five. And then we went on a tangent. It was a good yeah. tangent. It was enriching as to why the systems of the Miami Heat or the system that they're, they're using right now isn't going to work. And one of the reasons is the uh, unsustainability of how they're playing right now. So um, this is interesting for me because... I have no idea how this conversation is going to go. So let's do it this way. Let's yeah. do it this way. All right. So for those of you that want to read the article, my tag at the bottom, B-X-R-T-L-E-Y, that's my medium tag, All right. So that's the first thing. It's going to be the most recent one right now. It's called, here's the systemic reason why your goals aren't working. And let's talk about that. This is about why most of your goals aren't necessarily not being achieved, but not being achieved in an, in a repeatable way it's exhausting trying to finish one after the other after the other. Why is that the case? And my, uh, my, my supposition is that it's the, the lack of a system in place. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about how to make your goals achievable in a sustainable or at a sustainable level. So let's break it down, Pierre. Aspirations, I said, are divergent, right? Um, Eight years ago, I went to a a, a Creative Problem Solving Institute conference, and I didn't know the difference between divergent and convergent thinking. So divergent is more brainstorming. right? You you think of any possible and every possible thing that is, yeah, that you can conceive of. Most corporate uh, people have a hard time doing that. So you hire somebody to come in for one session for like maybe 10, 20, 30, sometimes 100 grand to help you to brainstorm. Man,
1: can you say those numbers again?
0: Yes, 10, 20, and sometimes 100 grand. Can you imagine? So I actually, so I was the youngest guy there and you know, around all of these other people and the youngest black one. I think I was the only black one there at the Mm -hmm. time. And this was interesting as I'm just sitting around listening to people talk about serious play, using Legos and using different, and I'm like, y'all get paid to do this full time? Yeah. And one of the reasons is because when you get older, your brain, uh, what is it called? Plasticity?
1: Yeah, neuroplasticity. Um,
0: the neuroplasticity that's in your brain starts to uh, to shrink or to disintegrate the older that you get, and that's because of not just by biology, but I think it's also just the way that we're 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 trained to think. We're always looking for the right answer.
1: Did you see um, uh, there? The Santa Claus movie is with, with Tim Allen. Now, I'm not a Santa Claus dude, but yeah, Tim Allen, yeah. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe two, Santa Claus two, oh, yeah, they did. where um, I think he has to get married or something like that. And he's interested in this high school principal and they okay. go to the Christmas party. Mm. And, you know, no, people don't know he's Santa Claus. But what he does is he brings them all gifts he magically Mm -hmm. makes them appear and this is crazy man he brought the gifts from their childhood that they really wanted and they spent you know that section of the movie Mm. the all of these adults who work at this uh high school playing
0: yeah
1: (laughs) with games from their childhood so that you know that it just made me think of that when you're talking about playing with legos
0: yeah you know kids have an easier time brainstorming than adults do because we eventually get forced into the structure that um, uh, you get rewarded for having the right answer immediately.
1: Yeah. And so
0: you're in most of these sessions. You, you, I know you've probably been a part of these where people are trying to give you and feed you the right answer in a leadership session, right? Mm-hmm. In, a, in a consulting uh, 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 a project, whatever it is. And then you're like, come on, like, be real. Give me, give me some answers that are off the wall. Let's be divergent first. So this is not just a biological, but it's a cultural issue that we have. Mm-hmm. And really, children are the most creative beings, right? Yeah, They're absolutely. They're the ones that have, uh, I guess, the most neuroplasticity that's just activated. But then also, they don't care.
1: Not <laughs> they care it's not that
0: deep. It's not that deep to them. But it is for us. It is for us for, um, as adults. Um, the other thing is that the, this divergent idea has to then become real right? Mm-hmm. Choose one or two, maybe three of those, those, uh, those ideas and figure out how do we make that concrete? So that's, what's called convergent thinking. And that's where things get very, uh, you know, you do some fact finding, um, you know, the, the creative problem solving process is really good at that, helping you to concretize your, your off the wall ideas. And then when you get from there, so, okay. So if the, if aspirations is convergent, I mean, mm-hmm. divergent, then goals are convergent. No, goals is how do you want to do the actual aspiration, the dream that you have for yourself? The problem, and I think the gap is, Pierre, that we are trying to have a whole bunch of convergent how-to's. Yeah. But they're scattered. It's 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 as if there isn't a system <laughs> that's in place to help us to make all of these uh, seemingly unrelated goals connected. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, oh man! So let's do this. I'm going to read. I'm going to read the definition of what a system is, and then I'm going to give you my spin on what on what uh, I think a system is for in a in a in an achievable goal setting way. So There's a system good. is a set of things working together as parts of a mechanism or an interconnected network set of things working together parts of a mechanism or an interconnected network i twisted it just a little bit Mm -hmm. to say it's a set of actions or habits working together as parts of a vision or interconnected network of goals and when we think of a vision a vision is a long-term process. I'm not talking yeah. about like I have visions and dreams. No, not that kind of vision. We're talking about a, a strategic vision where it's a 10 to 15 year. Have you ever been a part of a vision committee, Pierre? I have. Yeah. What's that been like? What What are the interconnected goals? First of all, is everything is interconnected, right? What What's that like? What is that?
1: So one of, one of the challenges, especially when you're on on committees like that, to do. Visioning or strategic planning is getting people to understand the the balance and the use of divergent versus convergent thinking. Mm-hmm. right there, there's something innate about us, and I guess it goes back to the neuroplasticity conversation, yeah, where it's so it's sometimes really hard in the beginning of these conversations to get people just to imagine if mm-hmm. there were no limitations, if there were no yeah. boundaries, if there were no gu- guidelines, what could we do? what's possible for our organization because we jump so so fast into this is what we should do or this is the way it has to be done yeah yeah Yeah. and that and and that doesn't allow us to question whether or not if we have the right system yeah for the goals that we that we're if we have the right system for the vision Mm -hmm. that we're casting here we're trying to make everything we're trying to draw the box first and then put a put the create the vision from inside of the parameters mm. when when actually we got to start the other way. so a lot of the the visioneering and 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 strategic planning teams that I've been on have struggled uh, because of that fact.
0: Wow, wow. so <clears throat> it looks like we have two different two different extremes, right? Mm-hmm. That, or maybe uh, uh, jobs to be done oriented yeah. Right, and then you got those who are uh, uh, pie in the sky. You know, <laughs> we want to be the greatest institution.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like, okay, well, how are you going to get there? So there's this, there's this. Um, it's called, I think, the cascade strategy. I think that's what it's called. Uh, it has five components of how a strategy works. Um, obviously, I think, I believe, vision is at the top, but underneath the vision, you have your your values. Under your values, you have your organizational goals. Under your organizational goals, you have your very particular tasks. I think I'm missing something in the middle there, a focus, I think. Oh, so goodness. listen, it's like five components. Yeah. And, and it looks like a house, the way that it's set up. The tasks are like the pillars of the house. Then it's you know stacked on top of the actual goals, the overarching goals. And then on top of the goals is the actual focus, foci <laughs> for each one. Yeah. And you, you need only three to four focuses, right? Um, And then on top of that is what is your, what is the value system system? And then the actual vision that encroaches the whole thing. So when we think, yeah, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was, I was going to ask you as it relates to organizational structure. Mm -hmm. And I I know you, uh, user experience and user design and you know, that's one of the circles in which you play in, you play in a lot of circles, yeah. but how, have you had conversations with, or how how do you navigate people? Because it's it's sometimes when I'm coaching teams or mm-hmm. when I'm doing consulting for organizations, we want to hire top talent. And there's some sports um, analogies we can make to this as well. Yeah, we want to we want to hire top talent. We want to be mentored by who we consider greats and gurus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but we we. We mess up sometimes because we don't do a values check. Mm, So as you explained it, you know, vision and then, and then values come second, Mm -hmm. we go down three or four and look at a person's proficiency. Look at, can they do the task? Yeah, that's one thing, but how do their values align with our organizational values? And then the overall vision of the organization and man, it's, it's tough sometimes Mm. in teams And, you know, and coming from a faith based background and and, and church life as well. Mm -hmm. And there's no we try to make this huge dichotomy between a faith based and professional context. Man, people are people and big, heavy organizations and small churches almost (laughs) (laughs) wrestling with the same (laughs) thing. Yeah. So we got a lot of people in positions who are proficient. Yeah, who are leading organizations or sectors of organizations, mm. but that person's value system doesn't align with mm. the value system that the organization claims to, to espouse. So as yeah. always a friction piece.
0: There is, you know, um, Simon Sinek, I believe is the one that I don't know if it's in his what's your why talk. That's like, I think the second or third most popular Ted talk, in history, right now, uh, but he does talk about this difference or, or this this parallel between uh, uh, performance and trust. Mm. I, I think that's the mm-hmm. I think that's the uh, the the x and y axis that he uses, and how there are people who are high performers, but you don't really trust them. As a matter Ooh. of fact, they're considered jerks. Yeah, um, but you have individuals who may not be high performers, but they're reliable. <clears throat> Um, and I guess it's not reliable from a performance standpoint, but as a, ca- from a character standpoint, you trust them, <laughs> you know? And so he says that, uh, we, we've, we've made our culture top heavy to your point that we have these high performers, but man, ain't nobody trustworthy out here, man, <laughs> you
1: know, oh, a lot of type A's, man. Yeah.
0: ABC type people always be closing, that's all that matters, you know, yeah. at, at any by any means necessary. So, speaking of closing, you know, this this game, this this championship is about to close out. <laughs> um, and listen, I'm from well, Miami, you're from you know, Miami. Right? How you how, how are you you don't you know you don't so, have faith in your team? So, so, so speaking speaking of speaking of narratives, we I just put that in there just so that we can talk, about yeah. Narrative. yeah. I am drawn to so I'm not a basketball aficionado. I don't know much about basketball or sports, but what I do like is a good story. LeBron Mm -hmm. James has a very great
1: narrative. Over yeah, Um, his overall great narrative, narrative. amazing
0: the heat does too but i'm not really connected to the new heat team as i might have been in the past i haven't mm-hmm. really kept up with sports right mm-hmm. but i've kept up with lebron james story not actively but just inadvertently you know he's yeah. in the news x y z so he has a at least right now he has a stronger narrative i believe than the heat does he really does does he have more to lose yeah yeah the heat has a very young team they've got you know they've got some time but he he has to well he doesn't have to but there's a lot on the line for him to win an actual championship
1: in like LA. That.
0: His narrative of going to every franchise and winning, you know, that, that's a very strong story. And, and, um, and I, I was rooting for LeBron, call me a flip flop for B1 in the very beginning, like, yo, man, this would be very, this would be awesome for him. It's his 10th, you know, uh, uh, time in the, in the,
1: yeah, I know all of that.
0: Right. Mind you, I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm a fan of the story. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Listen, That's a great I am. Way to put it as a fan so of that so that
0: would it, that would make me a flip-flopper. I don't care. But then the heat win. And I'm like, this might be an interesting story too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I started not rooting, but I started getting excited yeah. for the heat as well. Because they are now considered, not now, but you know, as I listen to more sports commentators, they're the underdogs.
1: Of course. We love underdog stories
0: the fifth seed and you know stuff. these are st- stats and stuff that i'm saying that i've only heard other people like shannon sharp skip bayless Stephen ace with all these guys that we, you know that we probably listen to or maybe don't but um talk about these things so i don't want to regurgitate the stuff that they're saying but at the same time it's true mm-hmm. you know they're the underdogs and so when it seemed as if there wasn't Uh, a chance for them to win. And they did. And then I listened to the post interviews. I don't know about you, but I like listening to the post interviews. It's probably not a good indicator of like what's actually going on with the team, but I think it's a small window into what they're thinking, how these players are thinking, especially when they're good at articulating what's going on. Not a lot of players are good at doing that, right? Uh, They Mm -hmm. have some canned speeches or they just don't think about the game critically. Like certain people like LeBron and some others might do. Um, Butler said, I just want to win. I just want to win. Um, Okay, cool. That's, That's great. So let's talk about how they're doing that, Pierre. Let's talk about this idea of they were able to win in game four, but man, did it take a lot. Yeah. 40 points, triple, double. And then he said, you know, he would have to do something just like that again. The Heat would have to play a perfect game in order for them to even have a chance. And even if it's a perfect game, they most likely won't win anyway. What makes it so exhausting? You know, we're talking about goals versus systems here. Why is the goal of just wanting to win not enough versus creating a system around a team that allows them to consistently not just make points, but to win games?
1: Man, you know, we were talking um, uh, about this earlier in organizations. We appear to be very top heavy in Mm -hmm. terms of personality, in terms Mm -hmm. of focus, even of hiring. Uh, There's a there's a part of me that sees Jimmy Butler. And I I could be off in this regard as if we look at it on the disc on the disc spectrum as a high D, high dominance. Uh, Grab the bull by the horns, not afraid of anything. Mm -hmm. Um, This is like i'm going to stare you down i'm going to make it happen Mm -hmm. and the heat are surviving off of that they're very they're thriving off of jimmy butler's uh, personality and disposition yeah now is now is his gameplay when we come down to the finals but when you look at the when you look at the playoffs Mm -hmm. it was that um that fight you know and sometimes in sports vernacular we call it that dog that hunt yeah that's causing them to really outperform their Mm -hmm. experience when you look at something LeBron, and this is this is indicative of how many of our organizations run. LeBron is not a high D on a disc, not high dominance. Mm. He's not even high I in terms of social interaction. Really? No. I would have
0: thought he was huh.
1: No, he's not high I. I can look at him and tell what yeah. LeBron is is high S. This mm. is stabilizing. And okay. here's the thing about stabilizing uh, high stabilizing appears to be high interactive but only with their people. Okay. With their team, with their family, with the people they're comfortable with and built trust. Okay. They're uh, affable and gregarious and social. Mm-hmm. But if you take them out of that situation and put them in a spot where they don't know anybody
0: yeah,
1: or it's new, then you see what they really are in terms of interaction. Mm-hmm. So LeBron on the court with his teammates, LeBron in the locker room with his teammates versus LeBron mm-hmm. in a post game interview. You don't get that same, Gregarious, sociable context out of him, and I'm talking about even the context of winning. It's all a question about wh- helping my team. His thing: helping my teammates, helping my teammates, helping my teammates, helping my teammates, helping my yeah. teammates. Putting them out. If I have to score more to help the team, if I have to score less to help the team, mm-hmm. that's his frame of reference. Okay, and and which ma- what makes it tough mm-hmm. is that. You need some, on in every organization, you need a mix. You need somebody in the organization who is going to be the alpha, but the alpha doesn't always have to be the captain.
0: Is the alpha he, typically a D uh, personality? Yeah. Okay. So if he's not the alpha, who is the alpha on the Lakers
1: team? Very good question. I would suggest that the alpha on the Lakers is Rajon Rondo. Huh.
0: So what does this mean in terms of how the alpha is not the 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 dominant at least on the Lakers is not the dominant playmaker so my 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 uh what I what I propose is that when it comes to a sustainable winning team you need to make plays
1: you need to make right? crazy like you need
0: to like you just have to be able to have the people on the court who, who are able to do that and to improvise when even what the coach has suggested is yep. not going to work and i think we talked about that when that yep. play collapses they have to in 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 microseconds be able to quickly read what's going on and then well let's do the reverse you also need people who 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 knows how to read what what has shifted and what has changed yep. hence anthony I Diggs. See. Yeah. And you talked about that too, where Anthony Davis isn't the playmaker as much as the play reader. He knows how to respond to what LeBron is doing, right? Mm-hmm. So so what happens if the dominant, the high D, is not that person? What makes their system work then? Because I would assume that the dominant person is the playmaker, but not really. So if the dominant alpha is not, is more so in the background, because, you know, and they call him playoff Rondo, which they don't like at all. <laughs> he doesn't like it, Lisa. What's this dynamic? Why do they keep winning based on how the system they have?
1: And that's the beautiful thing about organizational management. Mm. And and really getting the most out of an organization, because there are times when you have someone in the C-suite, someone yeah. in a senior director role, and they are not an alpha. They are not the the high dominant personality. Mm-hmm. They are you know more team oriented and more supporting role or they're highly analytical. Okay. But having someone on the team helps you leverage that. That's, that's the thing that we don't get get into a lot. Okay. When we talk about building a team, mm-hmm. I I need to be able to leverage the dominance of somebody else. A great example of gotcha. this, while we're on the sports analogy, and we'll get back to Jimmy Butler, uh, but is the Golden State Warriors? Okay, the best player is not an alpha. Who is Steph? Steph, Steph Curry is not an alpha.
0: Okay, so he is he's considered their best player.
1: Okay, he's he's you know he's what very social. You're right. Not an alpha. You're right.
0: On and off the court,
1: the their his, best. His shooter,
0: wife has, has said has said it too. So yes, I, I, you know,
1: their best shooter, Clay Thompson, yeah. is probably high analytical. Okay. The the, the way okay. his game, the yeah, the precision of his game, yeah. Steph's game is flair. That's high eye interaction.
0: Gotcha. Clay
1: Thompson's game is precision. That's high C analytical. Mm. The. The dog, the alpha on the team is Draymond Green. On, okay, okay. So yeah. he he's the engine, he's not the best yeah. player. Draymond's not a very good basketball player, <laughs> but he, he knows what he he knows his limitations. Yeah. And he's able the other people are able to leverage leverage that. So they build a system around him. They don't even call plays for him mm. because they know in the system he's going to hustle after he, he'll get the hustle plays, right? He'll, get, he'll get the scraps. He'll mm-hmm. get a skill here or a block that'll get him energized mm-hmm. and into the game. So, and a person like that adjust well to, to what's going on. So let's take Jimmy Butler and let's take some of our organizations. Okay. Jimmy Butler is, is, is man, he's a dominant force and everybody else on that young team it's like having a big brother. If you got a big brother, you can talk a whole lot of junk because you yeah. got a big brother.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Everybody's riding off of him
0: mm-hmm. and
1: his and his and his dominance as it relates to personality. Okay. Well, highly dominant forces are in many cases system averse because really? okay. because they don't like to be told what to do they like to tell other people what to do. So if I can, if you can get a dominant force to tell people what to do in the confines of the system, it works because this, the, 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 the way the system works and it allows them to be fully alpha. Right. But within the construct. Okay. Okay. So, so here, we, it can't just be willing us to win. Okay. You willed us to win one game, Jimmy. One Butler. game. Right. So that'll, that'll get you one. That might get you two. That doesn't get you four. Mm-hmm. You have to now recognize what are the adjustments that need to be made in the moment. And how do you win if you can't be the dominant alpha picture? Yeah. Lakers are winning partially for a lot of reasons. Uh, a lot of reasons. One, they have a cult, the culture is win in LA okay the,
0: so that the that's culture, the culture is
1: for everything win. <laughs> man so it's called sports entertainment for a reason hmm. and we don't have time to get into the nuances <laughs> of this but the the performance of a team doesn't necessarily impact the revenue that the ownership makes okay okay so okay. if we win if we All lose right i'm still I still get revenue sharing. I still get t v deals i still I see get this
0: more i see this more connected at least for me um in boxing mm-hmm. especially you know in a lot of movies where it's yeah. like we set it up whether you win or lose, you're still gonna get the
1: bag at the listen end. and ownership in sports like that ownership yeah. in sports is is that way. Uh-huh. The culture in l a is a culture of winning. Lebron is the type of player look look at all of his championship runs. Yeah, LeBron has to play with someone who is an alpha, okay. or who has alpha tendencies.
0: Ah, okay. Kyrie about- okay.
1: has is not an alpha, but he has alpha tendencies. Okay, he will take over a game.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Dwayne Wade took over the games in Miami. I mean, yeah. you know, you you from from Miami, and and, and now
0: Jimmy Butler to be <clears throat> or have the Dwayne Wade mentality when right now. Mm, he, I don't know. I, I didn't know. He, I didn't consider uh, Butler a high D. I mean, as you say it, and you probably you you'll know more than I would because you've seen him in different contexts from different teams, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I don't know. This last game just really felt like, you know, more of a uh, an S. Seemed like more of an S person.
1: What was it? What did he do in this last game?
0: Well. He didn't take as many shots. It was almost as if the the amount of opportunities that he did have, he would dish the ball out to someone else versus just taking like the 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 actual opportunity to shoot the ball. And he wouldn't. And it was almost as if it was on purpose to prove that our team doesn't need oh one or the one you know and i'm not that guy i think a high d would be like i'm going to be that guy today i'm going to be that guy tomorrow because winning not necessarily want to do wow. not necessarily okay.
1: because you said on purpose yeah right it seemed like he was doing it on purpose and yeah. we don't know we're not sports we commentators know. yeah but if it is on purpose it's still allowing him to control the narrative
0: uh yeah you're right Okay, so speaking of controlling the narrative, a lot of us have a hard time controlling our own just personal uh, resolutions, right? Yeah, man. Because, you know, as we pivot from basketball to, and we don't have much time, but business and, Mm -hmm. you know, just losing weight to, uh, you know, having a healthier lifestyle to, you know, a different, I don't know, job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do those fall flat? You know, um, from a, from a systemic from a systematic standpoint, you know. So we're talking about this culture of winning that the Lakers had. What would we need to do in order to have our goals uh, kind of align with each other, so it doesn't feel so exhausting? Some of us feel so exhausted come February. Yeah, <laughs> we just started.
1: I think it. I think it goes back to what you were saying before. Mm -hmm. When we look at even resolutions or things that happen every single month, when we do a personal audit and try to figure out what we're going to do for this month or this quarter,
0: I like that personal audit piece right there. Yeah,
1: we spend so much time in aspiration. This is what happens. Mm -hmm. We spend hours and hours and hours in the aspirational element of what's supposed to happen. Yeah, but we we often fail to put a strategy and system behind that aspirational element so okay. my plan is to okay my plan is to that's the classic one lose weight mm-hmm. right i'm gonna lose weight mm-hmm. i'm going to will myself to not eating cheetos or not having two or three milkshakes or one cookie mm-hmm. i aspire to do that yeah good i have aspired done we're yeah. going to be the top company or we're going to uh Our sales are going to go up fifteen percent this quarter, and we're we're going to have all of our salespeople in a room, and we're going to chant that thing every Mm -hmm. Monday morning because Mm -hmm. that's what we aspire to be. Yeah. Well, from from creative design, it tells you if you have aspiration, but you don't have the strategy, the accountability, and the framework to make Mm -hmm. that happen. Mm -hmm. The the your best your the best that you could hope for is future moments of aspiration cuz that's about as far as you you're, you're going to get gotcha. without accountability, without structure, yeah. behind the aspiration, it never gets it never gets anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. So um one of the things that I realized that wasn't sustainable for me was, you know, as I was building a business, I realized that um I just had sw- I had goals, but they weren't, and systems built around the goals. But it's like I had a system for every goal versus having more of an overarching system and the goals kind of aligning. Now, I think, unless it's so technical that you need to have a separate system for each, then that's necessary. But I think where where it collapsed for me was that. Um, you know, I had this goal where, okay, I'm going to build this product and I need to reach X amount of people and uh, to create this awareness and to validate whether or not this product is, you know, something that is worth doing. And then after that, uh, improve it. That was the goal. I reached X amount of people, actually more, maybe two to three times more than I hadn't had anticipated, right? Mm-hmm. And we're talking about like 1,500, right? So just, that's big. Yeah, yeah. You look at other, you know, uh, models are just like, at least just reach 100 and you can get enough validation well for some reason i thought i needed more Mm -hmm. the amount of people after a certain threshold really doesn't matter anymore if it's still just a pre-startup idea so i'm thinking i'm i got a lot of feedback yeah after a while it starts to all be the same and then um i reach out i improve but the motivation wasn't there anymore As a matter of fact, I started to take the advice of people, you know, other founders now, because I'm now in this community. Other founders are saying, "Yeah, you know what you're doing. I don't know if people are going to take on to this because there are other models that are out there that are free. Why would anybody want to do or to purchase or to buy into what you're, you know, uh, what you're what you're creating and selling at a premium? It doesn't make sense." Um, And that kind of got in my head a little bit, but that's not the. I used to think that was the reason why I kind of deterred. But it's because I didn't have the system that said, do the repeatable action over and over and over. So, for instance, and this is a great example. I think James Clear uses this example where instead of thinking about getting the job done, whatever it is, your goal as a startup is to um, build something, test something, learn from it, retest, and ship it. Like, that's that's what it is. Build, ship, learn test ship i'm messing up the whole loop cycle the whole loop here but the whole point is it's not about uh uh the the receptiveness as much as it is the building and the shipping part of the system that's important and of course you know you got to think about the receptivity but it's more so about what are you creating putting out and then improving so that you can eventually get something that people want
1: you you know you you, you said part that part of the system mm-hmm Mm -hmm. And I think that underscores so many of us, um, not just in entrepreneurship, um, but we're leading maybe established organizations. We have this particular goal that we have. Yeah. And we refuse to take the time to attach that goal or to allow that goal to naturally derive from a vision and a strategy. It's man. Um, I saw this awesome webinar on Facebook ads. Mm. I'm about to kill it with Facebook ads. Or I saw this awesome webinar about how to create a webinar or or seminar, and I'm gonna do it. And the excitement of the newness, and Mm -hmm. then because because I've you know I've I've done this. I created a a a a virtual summit, attracted a a few hundred people, got them into my email list, and was really excited about the content. But that was not attached to any overall strategy and then yeah. it wasn't put into a system right. so it was just like a thing
0: ah you mentioned I like how you separated strategy versus system mm-hmm. because I think we, we, we tend to create uh, sophisticated strategies that feel as if they're part of a system and they're not. I want to give some examples of of how your 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 goals can be interconnected. I think if we start looking at our lives as as a uh, as domains, and each part of these yeah. domains are 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 uh, are interconnected, then yeah. I think we'll have goals that are less uh, uh, unrelated. And more holistic. And I think that that's the key for me is even if you have an entrepreneurial life versus your personal life, there are still ways, there are still overlaps. Yeah. We try to make them so, and maybe it's a Western thing. You know, we talk about this in intercultural communication before we study this, Pierre, where uh, the, the Eastern hemisphere or the Eastern cultures are more uh, collective mm-hmm. in everything mm-hmm. family, work, everything. They even have siestas, man. Like they, <laughs> there's just like we should be
1: sleeping right now, <laughs>
0: right now. And we depart, uh, decom not deep, but compartmentalize every part of our lives in the Western civilization, in the Western world. So here's some domains, and I think that if we can think about it this way, perhaps some of your goals may be a little bit more in sync with each other as you start thinking about what you want to do for 2021 or what you need to be doing. So uh, you have spiritual, mm-hmm. intellectual. Emotional, physical, marital, parental, social, vocational, which is your primary occupation, avocational, which could be a hobby or a minor occupation, and financial. One of the best ways to do this, Mm -hmm. Pierre, I realized, is that if you have a planner, don't just have a planner and just start jotting down things to be done use a planner. Um I know that you have one. Yep, shameless plug. Let's go ahead and do that. We are in no other platform but our own, so you can do that. So, uh what is your planner called?
1: So, we're still in the beta for our our planner system, the Pillar mm-hmm. Planner system. So, I can't release too much information about right. it, but it's it's essential it's essentially that that the system yeah. is is built our, on on three pillars. Okay. really you know you have your 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 personal goals and aspirations mm-hmm. you have your professional goals and aspirations and then you have what we call passions okay. uh, things that that give you life and meaning and allow you to express uh, creativity a, and and really who you are that's okay. different from your family and mm-hmm. different from your direct professional uh, responsibilities and okay. it's all about the uh, the planners that planner system, uh, that we're still working on is about really the convergence of those three, okay. and getting the best out of life as you, as you experience that convergence.
0: That's good. That's good because so for for those of you that are like, well, I I need something like that now. What I use is Michael Hyatt's Full Focus Planner.
1: Man, you got a you got an affiliate link for that?
0: Listen, man, you I drop probably, it, need you 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 probably need to. Probably need to. Need to. <laughs> I'm just dropping dropping resources. So so here's the thing with with the Full Focus Planner. I, it's, it's kind of systematic in a way that's where I actually got those domains from. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but at the same time, you know, I'm, I might need an affiliate link for myself one day, create my own planner. That's only dealing with how, how is it all interconnected? Okay. So what do I mean? The reason why the last quarter has, has, has at least felt not as successful as it has been is because I have skipped out. I have not thoroughly filled out some of these Parts in the planner. If you don't fill yeah. out particular parts, you are failing at the system. Here's the part yeah. in, 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 the, in, the, in the planner. Pierre, I'm pretty sure, I think with the, the with the beta one that I had um, from you earlier this year, I think it had this as well. It's called the after action review. After you've done what you've done for the week, you got to look at it. You got to review it. Here are the three questions. How far did you get? What worked and what didn't? And the last one is what will, keep, what will you keep, improve, start, or stop doing. So I did
1: the Ooh, how far will you get? I did uh, that.
0: You know, I, I can do the you know, I'm 75% done, but what I stopped really thoroughly thinking about and doing is what worked and what didn't. That's number two. And then number three is what will you keep? What will you improve, start, or stop doing? And the reason why I stopped filling these out is because it takes a level of critical thinking that makes me realize that I, I, I probably don't do it for one of three reasons. I don't have any repeatable actions to track, measure, and assess. If you don't really have a real system, then you you start to miss out on some of these pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, and I think this is where I, where, where I fall in, I stop doing my routine uh, thinking that I can just wing it.
1: you're smart enough you've had enough experiences you can just wing it
0: right right or number three i don't think that i need to reflect that deeply about it yeah and and when you start thinking about how a system is designed because it's repeatable if you're not intentional then you start to lose out on what makes the system work that sounds so circuitous but I believe this, no, Peter. If you do a goal long enough, if it's a long-term goal, we can almost say if it's impacting other areas of your life, that it's probably a system that you have. I think it can turn goals into systems. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. a great example. And this is, and this is where I where I kind of, and I know, I know we got to run here. Here's the thing. When I'm reading about people designing systems, it's like they're designing it so that you can have a low expectation um, so that so that if the thing doesn't work out, you have a, a cushion for the failure. Great example is this. Don't think about writing a book. Think about blogging 500 words daily or three times a week. And then one day, you know, opportunities open up that wouldn't have opened yeah. up. You only just focused on the book. My yeah. problem with that is you, you shouldn't do one or the other the system is the blogging every day because it puts you in the repeatable process. It's sustainable. It's, it's low impact, right? Um, It increases your odds. Uh, The book is just one shot. Now you have a higher rate of finishing or, or of attaining the, the goal Uh, books are very elusive. (laughs) We know this. So maybe that's a bad example, but the point is this, you, 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 you say you write the book, but then you may not have as many opportunities you, know, you may not get that publisher, but if you're writing a blog consistently, there are other things that might happen. Scott Adams, the, the, uh, I think he's the creator of Dilbert actually talked about, that's how he got his wall street journal, um, opportunity by just blogging. I think it was just blogging every day, you know? And then from there, uh, he then got a book opportunity. I think you need both do the book and then also create the system of writing because you should not have a, a low expectation for certain things.
1: You know, um, Man, one of the things that I would suggest is what makes it difficult is that we we make the book and it's OK to have to have book writing as a goal. Right. You now I got a couple of books. But if that book is not properly centered mm-hmm. in the overall, like how does this book project fit into the system? Yes. Like, okay, I'm writing the book so that this could happen. So this could happen. So this could happen. So Mm -hmm. this could happen. And here is the goal at every stage. So the goal for this one, maybe, maybe I'm saying I want to, you know, I want to work with a hundred, I want to work with 25 fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to create an ecosystem around being able to work with 25 fortune 500 companies writing a book and getting on a notable list is only one part of that entire framework. Yes. A lot of us, and I know this from personal experience, you, you write a book and it's not connected to anything.
0: And you think that that is going to be the silver bullet. That's going to answer all
1: of your problems. It can't, it can't, if it's not connected to anything, it's, So can we talk about this
0: idea? Well, I I guess we can't talk about much, right? (laughs) Can can we? Can we? uh, So let's okay. So let's hone in. Let's tie this in. How do we make our goals interconnected? And I think that that's why people still confuse goals with systems. Mm -hmm. A system is a set of goals that are interconnected with each other that improves your overall well-being. I just made that up, but it sounds so seamless that it works. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's just because of the conversation that we've had just now. It's just so clear to me. Wow. I'm going to write that down. Okay. Coming new, back down there, right?
1: New, new <laughs> me, <them poke. laughs>
0: right. Interconnection. It's a set of goals versus one goal. Um yeah. if you're a chef, you know what I really like? I like I like the movie Julie and Julia. I love those kind of movies. Um You've been on movies. your movie tip lately. Listen, man, I actually I haven't seen that movie for years, but okay. you know, um but you know, I I watch a lot of movies. I think that that's why I love storytelling and all of that, because you can start pulling from so many different random movies. Like, I, mm-hmm. okay, I was going to go on a tangent here, but uh, <laughs> uh, Triple Frontier that's on Netflix and the uh, I think it's called The Five Bloods from Spike Lee, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. which is also on Netflix. They're both interconnected. Both have five people. Both are searching for something. Oh, it's so cool. Anyway.
1: You got to do a whole on episode on oh that. Oh, my
0: goodness. So anyway, yeah. Let's, so reeling it back in. If you just have one, and here's the thing, nothing's wrong with just having one particular goal. But I think that if you just live from goal to goal, it's a survival mindset.
1: Oh, roll. Rewind the tape. Say that again. Because a lot of us struggle with that.
0: Yeah. If you just have one goal at a time, or you're setting up one goal at a time, it's most likely a reaction. You're not being proactive. You're being reactive to what's happening in your life. I need to pay bills. Let me get a job. Cool. Go ahead and do that. But how does that connect with the overarching vision that is supported by those particular jobs to be done? But we don't think like that. We think, "Oh wow, hold on. The water main broke in my in my building. I need to find XYZ." Now, nothing is wrong when you have a particular goal that needs to that that happens and you have to you have to get it done immediately. But that can't not that can't be your system. That that's that's more chaos where you're waiting for the next thing to happen to you or in your life, and then you build a goal around that. You're not really taking control of your life, and you're living as a survivor. So living from goal to goal is a survival mindset. Creating a system where you have particular goals that are just, uh, uh, I think one, one example is having One circle that has an arrow that's you know pointing at the bullseye versus a system which is that same circle but it's got arrows that are kind of like in a flowing motion. Mm -hmm. That's what a system is. The system is even taking those particular goals, putting them in a system, and saying after I fix the water main, how does this connect with the rest of why the building is even there to begin with? Why am I even there? What is going to uh, benefit us fixing this thing, spending the money to do this if we're going to be here for another five years? What is the system that we need to build so that the building yeah. <laughs> helps us to sustain our business so that if the water main does break again, it's not that big a deal. We can fix it. As a matter of fact, we'll be able to afford somebody to come in versus us having to scrounge around and, you know, duct tape it together. I think that's what a system is. It's it's low impact uh, um, uh, steps, repeatable steps that allow you to uh, to win. That There's no other way to put it, Pierre win like the Lakers, even though I'm a heats fan, but you know, that's a whole nother story. Okay. Three, three steps, three simple steps for how to, how to build a system. The first one is (laughs) you need a routine. (laughs) You need a routine. All right. That's the, the, I think it's the quintessential part of any system. You need to build a routine. You get up, you go to sleep. What's in between there. Some of us are even more uh, Mm -hmm. intentional. Um, Some planners have it. You have a morning routine. Then you have a work startup ritual. Then you have your evening routine and then or or your work shutdown ritual and then your evening routine. Your morning routine has nothing to do with checking emails and all of that. This is about your well-being. Yep. Getting your day started. The work startup can be checking emails, watching news, all of that stuff. Shut down means you shut down. Reflect may shut come down. in that, but shut it down. How do you do that? Do you get up, get a cup of tea? Do you play a certain song that's like, yo, this is it? Like you got to figure that out. Um, and then the the evening routine is, once again, your holistic self. How do you end the day? Not your work. That should already be done. How do you end your day? The second thing that you need is timestamps. You need timeframes for all of these things. Um, if you don't have time uh, constraints, then it's going to be very difficult to keep it repeatable. Everything mm-hmm. else in nature is repeatable. The sun rises and sets, repeatable, Yeah. right? Um, and then the last one is people. Who can you hold yourself accountable to or who do you need to talk with? And here's the thing. These things are interchangeable. You don't need to have the same time. You don't need to have the same person. You don't need to have the same routine. All of these things can be updated. You can swap out people, too, guys. But the problem is if you don't have these pieces, you miss some things. You miss time management skills. You miss the ability to communicate. You miss your your opportunity to uh, to create uh, discipline. And, and commitments and, you know, so it's, it's once now you have a simple system because now it's covering all of these things as a human being that you should have so that when a larger opportunity comes, you know how to manage your time, you know how to connect with people, you know how to um, uh, establish and, you know, set an attainable goal for yourself and you can get the job done. Does that make sense?
1: It, it does. It does. I, I would also add to that a, a, a continual audit there's something at 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 yeah. night usually you know somewhere between yeah. 1 and 3 a.m. depending on what it is mm. where your website or your your if you watch cable or internet provider whatever they do something called system maintenance yeah they're checking to see if what we're doing actually gets us the outcome that we're looking for That's, and if it doesn't what do we need to change yeah. in order for this for this system to work what are what are the habits that we need to practice that gets us to a particular goal, yes. which fits into the system, which gives us the outcome uh, that we're we're looking for? So that that system maintenance and evaluation are are so important.
0: Build a system, and then create space in the system to check the system. It's like getting out of your own head.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: that critical thinking piece is very very important because if you can't get out of the system. Like the matrix, then he can't really see what's going on to fix it. And um, you get to a point where you can like Neo, you know, because Neo broke the system, like he he worked the system where then he asked Morpheus, so you mean I can dodge bullets? And then Morphe says, I'm trying to tell you that there's gonna come the time comes, you won't have
1: to, you won't have to,
0: and that's where you want to be. You yeah. want to get to that point where your system is so fluid where you know how to adapt and shift and change. And then at, at some point you Lebronize yourself. <laughs> that, was so so that was bad. terrible. That was terrible. I'm going to kill that analogy. We're, yeah. we're, it's, it's, yeah. We can't edit this, but um, but you guys get the point, your goals will only be as strong as the system that you build around them. All right. Yeah. Pierre, I want to thank you so much for being a part of, uh, this, this ad hoc <laughs> cross good, good conversation. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. All right, guys. So, um, I think that, uh, that, you know, clearly I'm stumbling here cause I, I really don't have a closing man. Um, okay. Pierre quick shameless plug. What do you want to talk about? And that'll just give me some time to figure out how on earth I'm going to actually close this thing out and it'll be gone.
1: Yeah, uh, just in relationship to our conversation today and the whole anti-hero paradigm framework that you're building out, my my emphasis is on helping leaders, uh, teaching them really how to courageously begin the journey to personal and professional transformation. That that is my work. Uh, I do that through consulting, through coaching. I have mean, has some incredible coaching clients over the past several months, been able to, to speak virtually and talk to teams about the intersection between the head and heart of leadership. Mm-hmm. And what many organizations are discovering is that the output that they are getting, the system that they have is perfectly designed for that. Yeah. We try to fix people. We want to make people better. We want to change things around, but we don't always take some time to reflect on what's the what's the framework that we've built to get this particular outcome. So I, I help organizations have conversations about their the head and the heart of leadership so that emerging leaders can do what they need to do to survive. And yeah, you can hit me up, dot com, or on Instagram at Pierquinn.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And uh, for me, guys, as an anti-hero, I just simply want to say that no one's perfect. It's not too late to make changes, even to your goals, especially for the new year. I know we're in the last quarter, so we've got three months left. You know, Don't think about 2021 as much as thinking about the next day. All right. And so we're out. This was great, but we got to go. See y'all next time.